Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The show is about to begin. Hey, welcome to another episode of Concerts That Made Us. As always, I'm your host, Brian. Now, this episode was supposed to be released ages ago, but if you're keeping an eye on social media, you'll know that I had some technical difficulties. My computer completely shit the bed and died, and I couldn't access any of the files for any of the episodes. So I had to wait for a new computer to come, and hopefully I don't have to experience anything like that again, so we can get back on track finish out season one and get into season two. Now this week's guest is Mark from a very exciting band based in Kilkenny called Star Comedy Democrats. Great name I know. And as always before I get talking to Mark we're going to take a listen to one of their songs. So now without further ado let's get on with the show.
What's going on, everybody? This is Vic from the Mind Once Zen Podcast. And if you love listening to great interviews about great music, well, then this must be the luck of the Irish because you're tuned in to Concerts That Made Us Podcast. Hey, Mark. Welcome to Concerts That Made Us. Nice one. Thank you very much for having me. It's great to be here. No problem. No problem, man. Delighted to have you. So uh, would you like to tell the listeners a bit about yourself? Yeah, um, so um, Mark, as you just heard, um, have a in a band called Star Comedy Democrats here. Uh, we're based in Kilkenny. Um, we have a new single out there um, at the end of May called "Roll the Dice." Uh, so we kind of we started our band um, it was like late twenty nineteen, right? Yeah, so we kind of we started it then, and we had like an idea, you know, get our get an EP out, um, get everything ready for the summer of twenty twenty. Happy days. Uh, and then of course that didn't really work out. <laughs> the world we, had other, uh, other plans. Yeah. There's that little virus, uh, little plans for us. Um, but we got our EP done, um, and we got it out. We just couldn't do anything to support it really, you know, we couldn't do any gigs to support it. We couldn't do anything. It was just kind of sharing online. And that's kind of difficult when you're only, when you have a new band starting, you know, we've yeah. all been in many different bands before playing around. Um, but just, you know, when you have a new band starting, you want to get out play gigs, meet people, press the flesh and all that kind of thing, you know. And Yeah, that's what it's all about. Yeah. It must have been interesting, though, only being able to share it online. What sort of reaction did you get when people couldn't actually see play in person? Yeah, it was kind of, it was strange, all right. Reaction was pretty good from, like, communities and people we know, you know. Um, mm. People we already know because we couldn't go out and meet different people. Reaction was pretty good. Um, and then it was, like, the questions back nearly were always like, oh, that's great. Yeah, when can we get to see you play? And it was like, nice. um, I don't know, whenever we were allowed, I suppose. So we like we had planned on doing, because we couldn't do actual gigs, we kind of started up um, uh, this thing called like, the Black Tree Sessions. Right. Um, so I got a, like a black Christmas tree um, <laughs> decorated it and put it in the corner and we're just playing acoustic in front of it. And that was kind of, originally planned to be a few different acts doing it as well you know yeah um copper kelly as you know you're was talking to there a couple of weeks ago he was supposed to be one of the guys involved as well but that was uh there was also plans made by that little virus as well that stopped us <laughs> doing that properly so it was only us that got to do it in the end um oh, man. unfortunately but so that was like that's the most that's the most uh of a gig experience that we have as a band together at the moment but yeah yeah Jeez, it's uh, it's tough. But uh, before I go further, shout out to Copper. I'm sure he'll be listening. Oh yes. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, I'm hearing that a lot from bands and musicians now that they decided to get together. You know, late 2019, the very start of mm. 2020, and then the virus hit. It's really unlucky timing. But um. I think the music scene is going to be great when the virus is over and we're finally allowed to, you know, have gigs and everything. There's going to be so many new, fresh bands, fresh music. Yeah, I think so too, man. I hope so as well. Um, anybody I know involved in playing music in any way, shape or form, you know, they're being stuck at home for the last year and a bit or whatever it is, you know, um, mm. it just gives you a tremendous amount of time to write, which is brilliant. Yeah, and like yeah. we've been in the lucky enough situation that we, the three of us, live close enough together, um, that when lockdowns kind of ease, we can tip into a studio for a while, um, 
like sending demos back and forth so we're ready once that happens and you can just tip into a studio bust it out for a couple of days like get your drum tracks done or whatever you know because like i can do my guitar tracks and all that here at home um i've got a bit of a studio here so i can do stuff here as well so as long as we get like the harder parts down first then we'll be able to work away during other lockdowns you know yeah yeah that kind of helped a lot so uh, yeah i'm hoping I'm hoping, yeah, like you said, once this kind of lifts a bit, that the music scene will erupt again. Um, mm-hmm. It'd be great if it does, and I'm very hopeful it will. I think, yeah, I think a lot of people have been writing a lot over the last year, and it's going to be great to see all those tunes coming out. Yeah, yeah, really will, really will. The uh, the name Star Comedy Democrats. How did you come up with it? It's <laughs> definitely one of the most interesting ones I've heard. You want the true story, or do you want? Uh... <laughs> uh, made up on the spot one <laughs> um the true story yeah all right the true story is it was pretty much from a like a drinking session right um when i was living in was it galway or limerick i think it was galway um yeah but like you know, drinking away happy days with one of the guys i was with uh like decided to play this like little bar game with us um mm. and he's like you know what's the longest uh what's the longest palindrome you can come up with um, so it started going on, you know, people like race car, um, other small little ones like that, you know, eight or nine letter words or mm. phrases. And then he just busts out with this thing, uh, star comedy Democrats. And it's like, <laughs> that cannot be a palindrome. No way. Didn't believe him at all. I sat there for about 10 minutes trying to spell it out backwards on my arm. <laughs> and I was like, Jesus, it is. It's like, yeah, that's a, that's pretty cool. That's a nice phrase. I think I robbed it on you. Um, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, work away. Use it all you want. So uh, this time next year, the year after, he could be owed a load of royalties. Yeah, yeah, he could be. We never mentioned his name, though, so he can't prove who it was. That's true, actually. Good thinking. Good thinking. <laughs> <laughs> now, the, uh, the song we heard at the start. Great song, by the way. Would you like to tell us a bit about it? Um, Roll the Dice, yeah. Um, so Roll the Dice was like, it's a, it's a follow-up single to our debut EP Imitation Road so that was kind of like coming back to what I said a few minutes ago as well that was like we had the we had the drum tracks kind of done pre-January 2021 mm. um, and then so I was able to do guitars and vocals and stuff at home myself in the studio here um, but we couldn't get based on as well then so that was a bit of an issue mm. so we kind of came up with a way around it Um we got our bass player Breen uh, got an interface, recorded his bass uh, remotely, uh, forwarded me on the tracks, and then I was able to reamp them here. Oh, yeah. So I think it was kind of an interesting way of doing things, and it worked out pretty well. Yeah, <laughs> I was quite very happy with the way it turned out. So like, it'd be fucking. It's a it's a nice, interesting way to do things in the future, you know. Yeah, it actually is. Yeah, I guess someone to do something, especially with bass, you know, because you're going to DI it a lot anyway. Mm. Uh, reamp it afterwards you know it'd be a lot harder to rig a guitar to do that kind of thing but with bass it's perfect it's just, <laughs> just worked out worked out super well but <laughs> if there's one good thing that the pandemic brought then <laughs> yeah the one lesson learned was how to record bass remotely <laughs> <laughs> it's mad though a lot of bands nowadays are doing the whole you know recording at home and sharing files and trying to compile an album then from all these different or compile a song from all these different yeah. files it's an interesting way of doing it you know compared to the way it used to be yeah it is um surely is an interesting way of doing it i, I don't know I, I don't see how it will work completely remotely hmm. 
I, I, I think I'd, I'd find that incredibly hard. Like the best ideas you get, really, I find in general are when, well, for us, three people in the room, you know, whatever yeah. amount of people are in other bands, when the three are together playing stuff. Like the best things come from mistakes generally. Um, it's like, oh shit, and like, oh that sounded pretty cool. Yeah, let's keep that bit there. Yeah. So that's a yeah. You kind of need to be able to bounce off each other as well. You know. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And when like when you have to commit to sending a track to somebody over the internet, you kind of have to make sure it's good before you send it, and mm. you'll take out all those little mistakes. Yeah. Or you'll re you'll retrack it, or you'll do whatever, and then it kind of loses a bit of its magic. I think. Yeah, it's almost too perfect or too polished. That's it, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, a, a bit of raw sounding dirty guitars or like a bit of a, a raw vocal that doesn't really, it's not perfectly up to scratch, you know. There's a bit yeah. of dirtiness to it. It's always a nice thing to hear. Like, the imperfect things about music kind of, to me, um, are what kind of makes it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I hate all uh the way any chart music nowadays sounds so overproduced, you know? Yeah, a lot a lot of them do, yeah. They sound they sound well overproduced and they all sound the same. Yeah. They're all using the same samples for everything. Like nothing against them doing it. Like, you know, they're doing what they do. That's what mm. they're into doing, so fair play to them, but it's just not something that I'd be into doing really, and I don't think we'd ever go down that road either, really. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. Yeah, uh, there's another uh, another thing about the dice single there as well. This is our yeah. first um, first music video. Oh, yeah, which is uh, which is great. Um, so we had like Declan Declan Colfer Media Declan Colfer down in Wexford, um, great videographer. Um, I met him through Copper Kelly as well. That's how I met him. I was in one of Copper's old videos. Um, I played guitar with him for a little while. So I met Declan there and kind of sent him the song. And it's like, hey, would any chance you'd be interested in doing a video for something like this? Would you be interested or would it tickle your fancy at all? And he's like, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, then he kind of bounced a few ideas back and forward. Our main idea was really just like, you know, uh, playing with a few little cuts here and there of doing a few different things. And then he just started right. up with all these ideas. And it's like, mind blown. <laughs> Once he started talking, it's like, all right. You just point at us and tell us where to go and we'll do it. <laughs> it sounds great. <laughs> yeah, from what I heard from Copper, the man is an absolute genius. Oh, he's brilliant. Oh, my God. I couldn't, like, his work ethic and the way he was doing things was just like, yeah, like, I can't visualize these things, you know, not not a videographer, so I don't know what he's, what he's talking about half the time. But, like, just put your trust in him because he knows exactly what he's doing and it's just, it ends up being brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And when is the uh, when is the music video out? It was out on the 20, 28th of May. It was out. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, well, all the listeners better go and check it out. I'm sure. Give it a, a stream on YouTube, guys. <laughs> exactly, exactly. They'll uh, they'll find your link down in the show notes anyway. So be handy nice enough for them to find us. Now, uh, before we move on, actually, you better introduce who else is in the band. Yeah, so we have uh, Rory Cooper playing drums and Breen Casey on bass. Yeah, it's just the three of us pretty much. Um, we have a few other kind of guesting musicians that come in here and there. We're recording mm. tracks, so uh, you'll see those in the notes depending on who they are. A few other friends around if we need an extra guitar or we need a synth or we need whatever. So yeah. my friend James that I mentioned um, from the BJ's podcast there earlier on, 
Um, he can, he plays synth on Roll the Dice. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. It's handy to have that network of musicians, isn't it, for things like that when you need to give someone a shout to help out. It is, yeah, oh, it's great. It's, it's so good when you have... When you have people you know that can do things, and especially yeah. people you trust, that they yeah. you trust their input on things, you know, it's mm. just yeah, give them a shout, and you don't really have to explain too much. They kind of generally understand what you what you're going for when they hear the track anyway, and yeah, it it's makes it so much easier. Just listen to the track and do your own thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, we better start talking about your concerts because there's a couple yeah. of them now I'm really looking forward to hearing. I think you've. Uh, you're going to be up there in uh, in terms of guests when it comes to best concerts anyway, I think. No way. <laughs> I think so. I think so. So, uh, your earliest musical memory. Earliest musical memory, yeah. Um, I was thinking about that one. My earliest musical memory, I think, would have been... I can't remember what age I was. I was pretty young. Um my father plays guitar as well. Um, so I remember the, one of their friends, I think, came down to stay with them for the weekend or something like that. Um, and he brought me down like a little child-sized guitar, like a yeah. half-sized guitar or whatever. But like, my father was playing like Neil Young songs in the sitting room. And I just remember like standing beside him, just beating the shit out of this guitar. <laughs> and like no way in tune whatsoever. Didn't have a clue what I was doing. I don't know how he put up with it and stayed playing the songs <laughs> with this noise going on beside him, <laughs> but he did. <laughs> uh, thank God he did, because then I got to listen to all, like Neil Young, Bob Dylan, hmm. the Eagles, all those throughout my childhood then as well. It was great. And I was able to like learn, once I started picking up guitar, then I was able to learn them off of the father playing them. So I didn't even have to go the whole route of the internet, where it's like, oh, go get tabs or go get chords, whatever, you know. Hmm. Yeah. It's like, hey, Dad, how do you play that song? <laughs> Jesus, that's very lucky, actually. You had yeah. a, a very good foundation for building your musical interests then from an early age. Yeah, I think so. And it has really, it has defined a lot of the interests I'm into, really, you know, because I still love Neil Young, Bob Dylan. When he, we went to see them in Kilkenny there, was it two years ago? Yeah. Um, yeah, that was an amazing show. Oh. When that was announced, I couldn't believe it was in Kilkenny. It's like, why is yeah, it in Kilkenny of all places? Like, <laughs> that's what I thought as well when I heard it. Actually, yeah. didn't expect it. It turned out to be a great show. Oh, we we got pretty decent decent enough tickets as well. Really? But, um, yeah, I think. What, how did I do? I can't remember how it happened. But just like, was it a, a pre-sale thing or was what was it? I can't remember, but. We got really good tickets. It's just like sitting just off to the side of the stage on the left. Oh, Direct man. view in. It was perfect, yeah. And there was a bar right behind us too, which was also <laughs> ideal. It's a bonus. <laughs> yeah. A, a gig with the two of them, though, that's that's an ultimate, you know, because they're two legends in their own right. And Exactly. You know, you couldn't get a better set of circumstances than getting the two of them to play the same gig at the same time, you know? Yeah. Oh, definitely, yeah. Do you want, like, there was only one thing that kind of irked me about it a bit, I suppose, was that Neil Young didn't finish. Right. You know, he's a lot rockier. Mm. It would have been, I thought it would have been a lot better to have him playing after Dylan, you know. Dylan is, yeah. I know he does electric music as well, but he's a lot more laid back. And Neil Young comes out and just fucking rocks the place. 
<laughs> I think it would have been a, a great way to end the evening having Neil Young like finished up at Rockland on the free world or something like that. Rockland yeah, on the free finish world. on a high, like. Yeah, yeah. It was like Bob Dylan was there as well. Like it was hard to tell some of the songs he was playing. You no, know, like he he's fairly fond of uh changing structures and keys and everything in songs. Like it could be a piano song, but you could end up doing it with three guitars and whatever, you know. He changes yeah. them around the whole time. So sometimes it was like it'd take you about a minute until he gets into the song to figure out what song he was actually playing. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that was a, <laughs> it was, it was a very, uh, it was a concert where you had to pay a lot of attention, if you know what yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a weird, uh, a weird choice for a musician though, isn't it? Cause like I'd view that as the, the musician almost being selfish, you know, he's there more, so to enjoy himself, mess around with his own songs than actually consider the audience paying money to go and enjoy him and see and hear what they know, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true, yeah. Like, he, he does it to an extreme extent. Like, there's, you know, there's a lot of other bands that do it, like, they change them up a touch. Mm. Um, and, like, that's grand, you know. The, the general bits are there, the hits are there, what you want to go and see. You'll know the song yeah. generally, but, like, he takes it to the extreme. <laughs> which is uh it was interesting <laughs> yeah yeah but, uh, it definitely wasn't one of my favorite shows i was at i wouldn't think so i wouldn't think so it's one of them things i'm sure you can only get away with when you're bob dylan though that's you know? it yeah yeah when you're, when you're bob you can do what you want you know <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> who's gonna tell you what to do <laughs> so uh we'll uh we'll get on to your first concert ever what was that yeah my first concert ever um, I can't remember the year. It was like mid two thousands, though. It was like two thousand four, five, or six, I think. But it was the Frames up in Marley Park in Dublin, oh. um, and they were supported by. There was a couple of support acts that day. I think Bedex One were there. Damien Rice was there, and then of course the Mighty Supergrass supported oh, the Frames man. in Dublin, which I could not believe. Like you know, we got up there, like we got the tickets. Um, I think I was. If it was around then, I would have been about, well, 14 or 15 or so. So my father brought us mm. up, myself and, myself and a couple of my mates went up, got in. You know, we didn't really look at the tickets to see who was supporting or who was doing what. Like, you know, it was like very excited to go to your first show and all that. Um, Got yeah, in. Yeah. yeah. Great tunes on, happy days. And next thing, uh, Supergrass played all right. It was like, <laughs> what? That, that, <laughs> I don't know, was it their first song they came out with? Or was it like in the middle of the set? I can't really remember exactly when it was, but like just once that song took off, it's like, oh, that's a massive tune from all over the radio. And just seeing Supergrass <laughs> playing that, like looking back at it, you know, when you're like 14 or 15 year old kid and seeing a band like Supergrass supporting an Irish band of frames. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I can imagine. And it almost expected to be the other way around. I know, yeah, that's what I couldn't understand. Afterwards, you know, like at the time, the frames were like one of the biggest things in the world to me, you know. Um, mm. I loved them, but then, like, looking back on it, it's like, how were Supergrass supporting the frames? You know, Supergrass are yeah. massive. You know, that's the funny story about the frames, actually. With a oh, what's that movie? That Tarantino movie, uh, Reservoir Dogs, box. No, I did it wrong with the boxer and oh, Pulp Fiction, Zed's Dead, baby, Pulp Fiction, yeah. Do you know um the Irish actress in that? I can't remember her name either. But the scene she's in, she's wearing a Frames t-shirt. 
Really? In the in the movie, yeah, yeah. Oh Jesus! I've never yeah, actually she, noticed that. I think she wasn't she in, was she in the commitments as well. I think. Um, and she got cast in one of the roles in Pulp Fiction, and like apparently, like then gave her a T-shirt, the frame T-shirt. He's like, bring this with you and try and get in the movie. And she just arrived <laughs> on set, and he's like, oh, I, I need to wear this T-shirt. My friend's banned. And they're like, yeah, okay, work away, whatever. And it's actually in Pulp Fiction. Jesus, I have that on DVD. I'm going to, I'm going to have to watch it now over the next couple of days and spot it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's a nice little golden nugget from Ireland, you know, in there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You you really wouldn't expect to see it in a Tarantino film, though. No, and especially, like, what year was that? Was that 94-ish? Uh, yeah, I'd go for 94. Um... Like, you know, like the frames weren't very big then either. No. Which is no. a funny thing, like why they just allowed this t-shirt to be used in a movie. Like, you know, you'd understand if it was a massive band at the time, they'd be like, oh yeah, work away. But yeah, uh, like in America, at least they were a relatively unknown Irish band. Oh yeah, I'd say the majority of people had no idea who they were. Yeah. Strange, strange one. Like, as you said, you'd understand now if it was you too or... Exactly, you know, yeah, someone yeah. like that. Weird, weird. <laughs> but uh, the gig then it was obviously packed out. They put on a, a great show. The frames, yeah. Oh, brilliant show! Yeah, it was the the album. It was Burn the Maps. That album they had that one, the blue cover. It was that tour. Um, mm-hmm. it was my first t- well, first show. So it was obviously my first time in Marley Park as well. But, like you walked in, there was like fucking Ferris wheels. And loads of <laughs> amusement rides and everything as well down the back. Oh, man. It was unbelievable. Yeah, it was class. But, like, they played uh, that song finally off of Burn the Maps. Oh, Jesus Christ, it was unbelievable. Just, like, you know, your first concert experience and hearing a song that powerful mm. and that many people jumping around, feeding back to them. It was just, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say so. Have you uh, continued your love for them throughout the years and... I have, yeah. I have I have all their albums, every single one of them. There's one I can't get the original of though. Right. Yeah, they it there was only a couple of thousand of them printed, I think. They released like a reissue afterwards, alright. Like so I have that, but um I can't get it. Uh and I'm drawing a blank on the name of the album here now. Something got to do with an Apple. Right. Uh but uh, yeah, I can't get an original copy of that anywhere. I need to, because then that'll be it finished. Um, I have like some weird ones of theirs from over that were like only released in like Eastern Europe and fucking things like that. Like, Jesus. That have obscure, <laughs> uh, yeah, they have like obscure songs on them that like they, you hear them playing live every now and then, but they're not really too well known songs. And then, of course, like I went to see um, when when the frames, like they're kind of high 80s kind of years or whatever, when Glenn was doing mm. his own thing. Then of course he got like great friends with Eddie Vedder and Pro Jam. Yeah. So I like uh I've gone to see Vedder a lot of times and Glenn supports him most of the time, especially mm-hmm. around Europe. Uh so that was always good, yeah, seeing them pretty much all over Europe. Um seeing Pearl Jam a lot over or I've seen Pearl Jam over Europe a lot more than Glenn and Eddie by themselves, but like yeah. He um Glenn Hansard himself he always strikes me as a an odd one do you ever see that video of him walking down grafton street i think it is and he just stops and starts busking with a guy no i don't think so 
Yeah, there's this video of a guy just busking and he's uh he's singing, you know, is it once or the film is called Once, isn't it? Oh, Falling Slowly is the, the big hit off of that one. Yeah. Yeah. He's singing that song and in the background you can see Glenn Hanser just walking by doing his shopping and someone calls him. <laughs> he comes over, drops his bags and starts singing a duet with your man. It's no like way. Yeah, it's perfect. That's but, uh, he always struck me as someone who's not like at all celebrity, so down to earth. Yeah. And as he's got older, he actually, he looks like he'd be perfect if they ever made a remake of The Field. You know, he looks <laughs> like the typical Irish farmer. <laughs> so true, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you follow him on Instagram man, as well? I do, I do. Yeah, you see his gaff up there as well. Like, you know, it's just, it's exactly like you describe, you know. Yeah. He's going around chopping wood and just doing everything by hand around the house and doing everything, you know. It's not like, oh, look at me. I've got loads of money from playing music. Yeah. It's just like proper, just like back to basics when he's A back in life. the home, yeah. That's what we all yeah. want really, isn't it? Nice little exactly. relaxy time. Take it easy. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, if I could... uh move out into the middle of a forest somewhere in a log cabin now I'd be I think I'd be happy for the end of my days yeah like unless it's like the end of Breaking Bad well <laughs> it wasn't the end of it was it when he went out to the log cabin <laughs> yeah actually <laughs> <laughs> true true um the uh the last concert you ever went to then yeah this comes around full circle now actually so the first right. concert I was at was Frames, supported by Supergrass, and the last concert I was at was Supergrass, up in the Olympia Theatre, oh. on Valentine's Day 2020. Jesus, probably yeah. one of the last gigs then there was. Would have been, yeah, close to, one, one of the, definitely the last gig I would have liked to go to. Um, yeah, it was crazy. Um, you know, just complete unknown of what was going to happen. Yeah. A month later. You go up there, it's like, oh, I have tickets for so many things this summer. Hmm. Um, looking forward to them all. It's like, you know, you kind of kind of took that gig for granted. Yeah. Because yeah. you didn't know what was coming, you know. Um, but Jesus Christ, it was unbelievable. To see Supergrass back again, like, you know, it was their first tour in how many years was it? Ten years or something like that? I can't, I don't, I'm not sure exactly, but it was their first tour in a long time. And Jesus Christ, they fucking blew the place away. <laughs> like really? we were up in the, yeah they were unbelievable we were up in the nosebleeds like we were I think like the second row from the back and even right. up there the sound was bang on but like we had a perfect view of the stage like you know the Olympia you can see everything from wherever you are like Gaz comes oh, yeah. out yeah. boom just they fucking destroyed the place it was brilliant then they sound <laughs> they sound exactly like they do on a record you know they're there's no uh there's not much magical production going on with them, you know. It's just mm. them guys playing and they are brilliant. Jeez. I've often wondered what a proper like rock gig would be like there, you know, with a great band Olympia. like that. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. been there once, but it was uh if you listen to Copper's episode, you probably heard about it, the Chris yeah. Christopherson episode or concert I went to. So that was yeah. far from a rock gig. But I'd love to actually experience a rock gig there, see what it's like. That'd still be a great show, though, to see Chris Christopherson there. Oh, yeah, it was. It was a great yeah. show, but it was a million miles away from energetic. It's different, like, yeah. It's just, yeah. Uh, like, yeah, super grass, right? Like, super fucking indie rock deadly shit. It's all mm. great. Um, there was another show I went to there a couple of months before that as well. 
I think it was a couple of months before that because I've only been to Olympia twice actually for some reason. Right. I just never happened to get to go to gigs there. They're always in the academy or Tree Arena or somewhere else, you know. Um, mm. But the other one was Alice in Chains. I managed to get tickets to that in the Olympia. No way. Yeah, I managed to get tickets to it. Yeah, I was just like online. I had like three laptops in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> I got like the guys that I work with to come in and sit beside me. We booked a meeting room, you know, fake meeting. Yeah. There with three laptops. Like they had no interest in seeing Alice in Chains. It was like, get onto this website now and just get there if any of you get in to get a ticket oh. just hand that over to me straight away and I will just stick in my car details and we got them mm. and the worst thing about it was like it was an it was an amazing show but the worst thing about it was I was working that day I think it was a Friday um, oh. if I'm not mistaken um, so I went up after work mm. but one of my mates had to like he had the foresight I bought two tickets so it was for myself and my mate Dylan he had the foresight to like book the day off work you know as um, you do got, yeah he got the bus up nice and early, happy days, just hung around Dublin, got a bit of food or whatever. And then he went over and hung outside the Olympia for a while. Mm. And he got to meet the whole fucking band. And oh, I was just man. sitting there like a fucking dick at home or in work. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you look up anything about that show um, on their, on their, any of their pages, like, you know, they, they put up at that stage, you know, they were putting up a big picture at the end of the show where they had mm. the four of them and you can see the whole crowd in the background. But they're holding up a big yeah. Irish flag in that picture. That's that's when he made Dylan's flag. When he met them earlier on that day, he got them all to sign it. And we were right up the front, so he fucked the, the flag up at him. And Mike and his got it. <laughs> and they held up the flag and got the full picture, the official picture with that flag. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, so it, he has it hanging up in his house. I must try and rob it off him someday. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to ask you, did he manage to get it back? <laughs> he did, yeah. I thought they were... Like the band were very sound about it. like Mike and his was like, Yeah, fuck like showed up not a bother. Um and they all signed it grand, like they're all happy days about it. But the security guys were unbelievably ignorant about it. Really? Like, yeah, the the like the, when the band were walking off then was it Jerry that handed it down to the security guy or who who was it? Or was it Robert Duval? Either one, it doesn't really matter. He handed it down to the security guy, you know, pointed at Dylan mm. and us there at the front, he's like, you know, give that back to him, it's his. And we were standing there for a minute, like, get out. You know, it's uh, the show's over. Get out! It's like no, that's my thing. There, I'm waiting to get it back. Blah blah. Yeah. And they're like, no, no, you have to leave. Everyone has to leave now. It's like, stop being so ignorant. Like you know, you you were standing in front of us and the flag was thrown up. You've seen us do it, and they're telling yeah. you to give it back to us. Just give us that, and we'll go. Mm. So we managed to hold them off long enough anyway to get the flag back. Jesus. I said, uh, I wonder were they big fans as well, and they were just trying to get the flag for themselves or something. You know what? I'd say they probably were. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, imagine how sickened you'd be off you if they had a major leave without the flag. Yeah, that would be terrible. Mm. I wouldn't. It's something I'd nearly actually get arrested over now. <laughs> you know? That's exactly that's exactly what I was just thinking in my head before you said it. Yeah, I would risk getting arrested for that. I don't really mind to have that piece of memorabilia on your wall. You know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, back to the supergrass then at on Valentine's Day. Yeah. I was at a, a gig in the tree arena and I think it was, it was like 29th of January. So, uh, mm. it was round then anyway, but I really get what you mean with the whole taking it for granted, not knowing what was coming. And it's a really weird thought to think that like a month later, you know, there was no gigs. The whole world was shut down. Yeah. And even now it's what, well over a year and a half later or a year. Mm. And, it's been that long since there has been any live music. 
it's just it's a crazy thought you know if if you had went back and told yourself back then this is the last gig that you or anyone else is going to get to for a long time you'd never would have believed them no you wouldn't at all like it's it's madness really like i don't know like will it be uh you know like once things start up again now you know he's like just grab everything you possibly can for the first yeah. while you just be going to shows like almost every two or three nights just to get to everything just in case <laughs> it happens again you know it could go yeah. nuts for a little while it's yeah, like yeah. I don't know did you see the Eagles of Death Metal announced the show up in Dublin later on this year no actually Jesus I didn't yeah I think it's in the Olympia or not the Olympia is it the Olympia it might be the Olympia as well it's either the Olympia or the other one <laughs> the Academy Academy yeah that's the one it's one All of those right. two anyway I think Oh. Tickets are pretty cheap as well, yeah. So like after after the announcement there yesterday, I think that'll be a definite one to go to because yeah. either of them don't hold a massive amount of people either, so it could be one that they might let go ahead later on there. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. You'd still kind of be a bit wary about buying tickets at the moment, though. Well, I would anyway. You know, you'd be expecting them to be postponed. Yeah, you kind of. It's almost. It's it's almost like part and parcel with it now isn't it like you, you buy something and then it's like yeah postpone till next year or two years time or yeah whatever yeah. like that so my friend um I, the guy i was saying up, up the alston chains gig dylan he's getting married next year but he has tickets to oh who was it but it's after getting postponed twice and the latest postponement announcement was there two or three weeks ago but they postponed it to the day we're flying to spain for him to get married Oh man, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, so it's like I really want to go to the show, and then when you're filling out the form, with Ticketmaster is like, oh, like you know, why do you want your money back? Can you not mm-hmm. make the show? It's like, well, obviously not. I'm going to be in a different country getting married, so <laughs> give me my money back. Oh man, like 365 other days of the year they could have picked, and they had to pick that. <laughs> it's typical, like <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's mad. <laughs> oh. It's not uh, Guns N' Roses by any chance, is it? It's not, no. No. It's not Guns N' Roses. You have tickets to, is it ACDC? No, After it's being postponed a couple Guns times. N' Roses. Oh, was it yeah. Guns N' Roses, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I was mixing them up. Yeah, Actually, but you he was know, singing for ACDC, wasn't he? Well, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he, uh, he was singing with him for a while. He wasn't doing a bad job, actually. Yeah, I heard good reports about it, all right. Like, I've seen a couple of like, videos, all right, but I never... I never got to go uh, see this or see mm. them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I've never seen them myself. I remember, do you remember, I think it was 2016, 17, they played Slain. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah I didn't get yeah, a ticket though. You didn't know, either, obviously. No, no, I didn't. But uh, anyone I knew that went to it, they all said that he's lost it. He doesn't have the voice at all anymore. Yeah. It's a, an interesting one, but he is the one rock star you would expect to have destroyed his voice with the way he used to carry on years ago. He was a bit eccentric, all right, wasn't he? <laughs> just a bit, just a bit. <laughs> yeah, just, just um, some of the stories about them are, are pretty harsh, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The thing about him, though, is, and I, I think I've probably said it once or twice on the podcast as well, though, when the gig actually is like going ahead for sure, mm. I won't actually believe i'm going to see him until he's on stage because <laughs> you know them he could cancel 10 minutes before the gig 
I yeah. was talking to a guy the other night who went to a Guns N' Roses concert and well, he was actually working it. He used to work in promotions or whatever, but yeah. the gig was supposed to start at like 9 a.m. American time and mm. Axel didn't get there until 1.30 in the morning to start the gig and he what? wasn't even in the same city until then. 10, 11, 12, 1. Four and a half hours later. Yeah. He got there. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. <laughs> so you'd wonder how he got away with so much shit back then. Yeah. It's just like, wasn't there, like, tell a lot of stories about them as well, that like himself and Slash and all them, you know, I, I don't think Duff McKagan was involved in it too much. I, I could be mm. correct. I'm not too sure, but like, you know, they were spending money way, way quicker than it was made. Like there was yacht parties, all this yeah. kind of fucking stupid fancy shit going on that, should not have been going on. Like, why are you spending a couple of grand on a bottle of or like per bottle of champagne when yeah, you just have a bottle of prosecco? Like, nobody's going to know the fucking difference after <laughs> the first drink. Yeah, exactly. And nobody's really going to care. Like, if they're sharing a a prosecco or a champagne with Axel Rose, like it's the fact that you're Axel Rose, not the fact that they're drinking an, expo- an expensive bottle of wine <laughs> or exactly. Champagne, yeah, you know. Yeah, it's the experience they're going for. It's not the actual. Drink. The drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, it should be interesting now if it does go ahead. Yeah, hopefully it does. Um, so it's it's spawned to what, 2022 now, is it? Yeah, I think it's May or June 2022. It was mm. supposed to be May this year. Originally May last year. But uh, yeah, should be good. Hopefully it'll be one of many gigs I'll be going to next year. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully they'll get back going on next year and proper shows going on. That'll be nice. Yeah, yeah. Did you uh, have tickets for anything else last year that got postponed or you missed out on? Oh, I did. Yeah, loads of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, mainly, the main ones were uh, Pearl Jam again, really. Um, over in over in Imola in Italy and mm. then two days in Hyde Park in London. It was originally I was supposed to be one day in Hyde Park in London, but when it got, it got cancelled first, and then it got postponed. Or, right. No, it got cancelled. Yeah. Then they said like, oh yeah, we'll do it again next year when it's allowed. Mm. But then they added a second date. And and the Pixies are supporting them one night and oh, Idols are supporting them the other night. It's fucking unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. I've seen the Pixies before actually. They are unreal in concert. Where'd you see them? They were uh, supporting Red Hot Chili Peppers back in... Oh. I think it was 2004 up in uh, uh, what's the park that Arsanook around is in it's not Punchestown oh, I know the one you're talking about the zoo's in the same one that one yeah the Phoenix Park Phoenix Park yeah 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 they that were supporting up there was that like the John Prashante era yeah as yeah. well yeah that was like the last time Prashante was in Ireland with the Chilis I think was it I think so yeah yeah, yeah. it was the uh, they were touring the By The Way album yeah, yeah. Do you know what? Yeah. <laughs> um, that By The Way album, you know, what's the very first song on that? Is it By uh, The Way? I want to say, yeah. Yeah, it is, isn't it? But you know, like, when uh, everything kicks in um, and Keith starts singing and there's mm. a kind of glitchy vocal kind of thing going on? Yeah. Um, But uh, I got that off one of my mates. Um, He gave it to me. <laughs> and I listened to it and I was like, man, those CDs you got are shit. There's like fucking really all audio, audio digital glitchy shit going on them all over the place. And then I seen that on fucking Kerrang or MTV or whatever it was. And it's like, oh, 
I'm supposed to be that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine you skipping through by the way because you thought the song was fucked. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, what's going on with this weird glitchy stuff? It's like, well, it's supposed to be like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, in fairness, the sound engineer done his job right then. Yeah, true. <laughs> I have to make people think so, something's going on. Yeah, yeah. Another funny thing with the chilies actually as well. I didn't, I never really copped it for years. Mm. But um, Californication, that whole album is in mono. Right, really? Yeah, yeah, it's really weird. Like, have an album out, like, that, that was, what, 2001, maybe, 2000, 2000, around that time. Jeez, I would have said a bit earlier. It was around, yeah. Was it, yeah, late 90s, anyway. then, maybe, yeah. But, yeah, that whole thing is in mono. Listen back, like, I was reading an interview, I think it was with Shante one day as well, and he mentioned it, and I was like, what? Jesus. That's... I went back and listened to the whole thing. I was like, Jesus, fuck, it is. It's a whole thing is in mono, which is so weird for music these days, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's a weird choice. You'd wonder You'd wonder what the thought process behind that was. Yeah. Mm. Especially with somebody like Vashante involved as well. There definitely was a bit of thought behind it. Yeah. He, he yeah, generally definitely. does that for the think about things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you, uh, have you ever seen him yourself? No, I haven't. Um, I have a t-shirt from that gig you mentioned, all right? My, really? One of my aunties was over, yeah. Uh, they flew over from England to see the chilies up there. Um, and oh. she brought me back a t-shirt from it. But actually, fuck, I don't have it anymore. One of my friends robbed it after a session here. <laughs> uh, I must get that back off him. But yeah, that's the, that's the only kind of memory that I have of almost getting to see John Frusciante. <laughs> mm. I do have a... His, do you know his solo stuff much? I wouldn't know it that much, no. Yeah, like some of it is batshit crazy, but <laughs> some of it is fucking genius. Is an album called Inside of Emptiness. Mm. Um, my God, it's one of the best albums I've ever heard in my life. It's himself uh, and Josh Klinghoffer mainly, you know, the guy who replaced him in the Chilies. Mm. It's the two of them. Mainly, there's, I think there's a couple of other musicians involved as well, but it's mainly just the two of them. It, they, were, they were going to do an album together, but. John ended up writing most of the songs, I think. So it just ended up being a jo- uh, John Vershante album. Hmm. But yeah, In Subemptis is just trashy fucking guitar, bass, drums. It is brilliant. Um, I went into, I tried to buy it online, like the actual fucking vinyl of it online. Yeah. And I could not find anywhere that would ship it to Ireland. And I just walked oh, into Rollercoaster Records in Kilkenny. And I was like, uh, any chance you can get John Vershante inside of emptiness? He's like, uh, yeah. I'll have them for you on Friday. He's like, you serious? He's like, yeah, yeah. I was like, mm, okay. <laughs> I can do it on Friday, so. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought the old-fashioned way of going into an actual record shop would work? Yeah, it's mental, isn't it? Like, yeah. How can you how can you not find something on the internet and just walk into your local record store and they're like, yeah, grand, two days' time, it's going to be here. <laughs> Jesus. I'd say it sounds unreal on vinyl, though. Yeah, it's brilliant. I haven't got the best um, vinyl player. Um, I need to. I need to upgrade and get a better one. Mm. It, it has like speakers built in and stuff. You know, they're not great. It does have an. It does have a like an RCA out, so I can plug it into good speakers at home, which mm. is nicer. But I just want to get a good, good desk with a nice balanced fucking needle and all that kind of shit. You know. Um, yeah. Just need to spend a bit of money and get something nice. It's just kind of. It's on the back burner for a long time. 
since Spotify is around making things everything easier for all of us, you know. Yeah, yeah. We'll move on to the the worst gig you've ever been at. So, so worst like I don't know about worst like worst gigs or worst experience at a gig. You know, uh, it's kind of a toss up between. Yeah, the worst experience you've had at a gig. Yeah, I had. It was a band I love, Cedar, right? I had a had a bad experience at one of their gigs, um, but it it was kind of good as well because it was kind of funny. Right. But um, they they played like an acoustic show in Europe, which they don't do very often. You know, they rarely do acoustic shows anyway. Hmm. Apart from that, like that one cold night DVD they had, um, but that was like you know a fucking thing they just came up as well they don't do them very often and i managed to get tickets to it as well it was in a church in london right so myself and my sister flew over grand happy days in the church went in and sat down um you know you're not allowed any drinks or any food or anything in the church mm. there's a fucking bar upstairs in the church <laughs> which is <laughs> which was super fucked up i don't know how the fuck that happened yeah <laughs> uh Grand would up, had a beer, you couldn't bring your beer back down, finished it off, sat back down, you're grand, boys come on, happy days, start off. It's like, yeah, it fucking sounds good. Um a little sloppy, but yeah, you know, they're kinda of that kind of band anyway, you'd like it to be a bit fucking dirty and raw. Yeah. Um, as the show went on, the bass player Dale, it became more apparent that he was absolutely off his tits. <laughs> <laughs> he was right. absolutely ruined. And like, you know, if it's a a full on electric rock show, he might have hit it a bit better. Mm. But like when it's a, when it's acoustic, he didn't hide it at all, really. Oh man. Um, it came down to like uh Seth <laughs> and they were playing I think it was a song Rise Above This, if I'm not mistaken. But they were playing that and the singer Sean Morgan just stopped playing guitar at one stage, kept singing, and just like turned his head over, looking at him, shaking his head. <laughs> 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 yeah it, you know it, like we travelled to London for it for the acoustic show it was still fun like but fucking hell he yeah. was absolutely wasted it was <laughs> it was funny but yeah no it wasn't good yeah but that, well, if you weren't travelling for it it would have probably been better because you know you would have enjoyed the funniness of it a bit more I'm sure than the yeah, fact, yeah but you made the effort to actually go to a different country to see it see it no. Exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's mad. <laughs> like we got the we got the fucking the taxi over to the show as well. Um Grand Hotel, ran down, gets the taxi over, want to go to this place at this time, whatever. Your man pulls up, drops us off backstage. What? <laughs> yeah, the taxi driver dropped us off backstage. You just like assumed we were gonna be fucking going backstage. It's like this seemed really weird. He was dropping us off in like kind of an alley like backstage and I was like, Alright, just paid him, got out and it was like Oh, see your backstage door, blah, blah, blah. And people sitting outside smoking cigarettes and all. It was like, like, my sister was like, yeah, let's go up and get in the queue. I was like, hold on there a second. I'm just going to spark up a cigarette here and just hang on for a second as well, just in case anything comes about and we can yeah. stroll him backstage. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, alas, that didn't happen. <laughs> You'd have the chance at though, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. I think uh, back, my, my father did that years ago as well. You remember him telling me. He went to some show. Um, who was it? Somebody big back in the day, but like, oh, they're, they're, anyway, I can't remember who it was, but they were going, to, they were walking through a crowd, you know, um, mm. and he, 
he just kind of like walked up. He was standing at the edge of the crowd. He was like, oh, hey, blah, blah, blah. Like said his name. It's like, hey, get on, blah, blah, Walked up like he knew him. And he just strolled in straight past everybody, straight into the backstage area. <laughs> not a bother into the show for free. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I think that's where I get my cheekiness from as well for going to, for things like that. I kind of tend to get in places in yeah. festivals that I'm not supposed to be. <laughs> oh, you kind of have to chance it though. You really yeah. do, you know, for the the once in a lifetime experience. Definitely, yeah. Just look like you belong and generally nobody questions it. Like, Yeah, yeah. I remember actually we've mentioned the Academy. I was yeah. there one time seeing a, oh, monster rock fest or it was a mini festival like it was a tour they used to do mm. and it had a had a couple of bands blink one a two no not blink one a two uh some 41 were supposed to be playing but okay. they cancelled that leg of their tour because i think there's something wrong with your man's voice so they were replaced by someone someone else but there was another american band on it and oh they were the same same style as some 41 I can't think of their name now for the life of me. But uh, a band from Wales called The Blackout were on it as well. All right. I'd seen them two or three times. So that was the main draw for me. That name's a bit familiar, all right? Yeah, you've probably probably heard of them if you're into that sort of music, all right? They're not together anymore now, but uh, they, were, they were really good. But yeah. um, you know the stairs going up and there's like, a, if you're on the floor in front of the the stage there's like a mini balcony area that leads to a door that's obviously backstage mm. so at the first step of the the stairs the bouncer is there now i'd brought my uh my little brother it was his first gig nice one yeah happy days good first gig for him yeah exactly i wanted to kind of influence his music taste so to speak but uh i was kind of messing with him and i was like see the bouncer there and got to try uh get him to think i'm with one of the bands and let us up there I had no, like, I didn't think this was going to work at all. I thought he was going to tell me to fuck off. I walked up and I was like, hey, man, I'm just going up there. I'm uh, I'm with lads. Stepped aside. Go ahead. I spent the whole <laughs> night up there on the balcony watching the bands. And the best thing was that, you know, when the Go band ahead. had finished, they'd come out onto the balcony to watch the other yeah. band play. So I ended yeah, up watching yeah. half the gig with, like, the bands that were just after playing. It was unreal no way that's class yeah yeah jeez your brother must have had like his first show and that happens he'd be like jesus christ this happens every time this is amazing (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think uh i think i'd i'd set his expectations a bit too high (laughs) (laughs) definitely yeah jesus oh that's an unreal experience for a first show for him yeah yeah i better never uh bring him to see anyone like metallica or anyone really big Imagine if he's expecting that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Getting up on like the, you know, that little thing that in Slane that they have up by the house. Oh, yeah. That kind yeah. of like special seating area for all the fancy people and all that kind of stuff. He'd be yeah. like, he just stroll up there. He'd be like, come on, sure. Like, of course I'm allowed in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know who I am? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, fuck off. <laughs> oh. I have another one about Cedar, but it wasn't a bad gig experience. It was a bad experience because I couldn't go to the gig. Right. Um, I was working in the music shop in Kilkenny called Adlib Music. They had mm. a, a branch in Carlo as well. Um, so I met a guy in there uh, that I was working with Happy Days, and he's like, oh, you like that band Cedar? We've uh, 
one of our mates can't go, you know, we have a free ticket. He paid for his hotel and everything already, that's grand. All you have to do is pay for your flight over, I think it was in London again. It's like, grand, yeah, happy days. Sorted. Went home from work. Grand. Lads were like, you coming out tonight? Yeah, okay. I'm just going to get some food first. Then I started feeling a bit fucking weird, you know? Hmm. It's like, uh, yeah, I'm not going to go out tonight. And it was just a home, like, wicked pains in my chest. Hmm. It's like, yeah, so I didn't bother going out. Um, and I ended up going into the doctor and I like, had a fucking, had this virus on my heart. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, so I ended up getting like fucking rushed into hospital um, and staying in there and they're like, uh, yeah, you can't fly for six months. It's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, I had like a free ticket, free hotel and everything to go see either, which would have been fucking amazing. Yeah. But then to rub it in, when your man that was working with Will got back, it's like he walked into the shop the first day I was back in work. He walked in with a set of drumsticks in his hand, and he's like, "Look at these! <laughs> they got the, they met the whole band afterwards. <laughs> oh, we were fucking hanging out, and had a drink with them, never. And they got drumsticks, plectrums, fucking t-shirts, everything <laughs> oh, off them. Like, not a bother. Yeah, just me sitting at home. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that one of them typical things, though? You know, like you'd almost be thinking if you hadn't have been sick, that wouldn't have happened. Exactly, yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. I'd be, I'd be thinking the exact same way you are right now, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if, if I had to be there, I would have ruined it for everybody else because it would not have happened. <laughs> mm. yeah. yeah. There's some other bad ones as well, but I don't know. Um, At Oxygen, maybe, it was mid-2000s again, sometime around there. Um, I was dying to see the ocean colour scene, which was going to be great, you know. Happy mm. days. I went for a little midday nap in an area I shouldn't have been really napping in. Right. Beside the food truck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I got woken up from my little nap. Uh, <laughs> looked at my phone and it was, uh, what was it? It was like 16.45 right. on my phone. And I was like, oh, fuck, I'm after missing the ocean color scene. There's no point in going. I'll get like fucking five minutes to the end of them or whatever. Hmm forward on an hour later or two hours later I was like looking at my phone again and it was like I finally realised I was looking at the 24 hour clock wrong <laughs> right <laughs> and I was standing at the other side of the complete festival in the, when they were in the middle of their set that I thought I'd missed Oh, so I could have went to the whole thing I just read the 24 hour clock wrong when I woke up <laughs> <laughs> Jesus yeah oh did you uh, did you just miss out on it then or did you go catch the last bit of it? Yeah, we tried to get over but um, by the time we got there they had never finished up unfortunately. Mm. Yeah. Oh, you must have been kicking yourself. Yeah, it was an unfortunate one but it was funny as well though. <laughs> I blamed the martinis for that one. <laughs> right, so we'll, uh, we'll move on to the best gigs that you've been at or the best experiences you've had at gigs. Yeah, um, so I think like the best experiences are. There's been I've been at a lot of great gigs and a lot of them were great fun. But the best experiences I think was definitely following Pearl Jam around Europe. Jesus, that was, that was definitely the best. Um, Twenty eighteen, followed them around Europe. Um, I think it was seven different countries, something like that. I'll figure it out in a minute when I read through my little diary here I kept for my little trip but yeah it was brilliant jeez that has to be the ultimate now and the ultimate dedication to a band as well 
Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. Like like I mentioned there earlier on as well about having like three people sitting around trying to get tickets for Alice in Chains. Mm. It was similar for this as well. Just trying to get tickets to all the different shows. Did the same thing. Got a few boys that I work with. It was like, right, get into a meeting room. Start buying tickets for everything. <laughs> Second you get into anything, I'll just throw you my credit card number. You just pay for it and then it'll get sent to me. Happy days. Yeah, trying to work so, out the logistics of that part must have been a nightmare though. Yeah, it was rough enough. Um <laughs> Like getting the tickets at the start, that was tough for all the shows. You know, that was pretty hard. Um, mm. And then after that, then it's like, right, which ones to get show, Which ones do they get tickets to figure out which shows you're going to go to, how you're going to get from country to country, which way you're going to travel, yeah, um, where you're going to stay. Yeah, just uh, it was it was madness. Like it it, it was not it was kind of like a what's that called interrail and that kind of type thing. Oh yeah, a, li- yeah. a little bit like that as well at the same time. Mm. so it, it kind of it worked out really nicely because they got, they got two experiences in one you got to go see a band program every night or well not every night but you know every couple of nights yeah and get to go around and experience these amazing cities in Europe that you haven't been to before and that's the, the great thing with program as well you know they don't play the same show you know like a lot of bands go they have a set list and that's it they stick to it for their tour program changes up every single night yeah, that was one of the questions I was going to ask you. When you see a band every single night, is it the same show? Yeah, with uh, Pearl Jam, it's not. It's just completely fucking different every single night. You know, oh. they'll have they'll have like seven or eight songs in the set hmm. um, from that tour or whatever that they're going to make sure they play, you know. Because um, hmm. they, they generally play like fucking 25 songs a night or something like that, 25 to 30 songs a night. Jesus. Um, and they'll have a few of the big hits in there as well then alongside those seven or eight that they're definitely going to play and then the rest of them is just anyone's guess <laughs> which uh, makes it brilliant like they don't even know themselves at times you know they'll go off they'll go off for their break they normally do like two sound or they do like two encores as well mm. so they'll go off they'll come back out and they're like mm, how do you feel about hearing this song do you want to hear that or not or this one instead <laughs> and depends on what the crowd says then they just go off and play whatever <laughs> it's crazy Jesus. It must be a nightmare like trying to rehearse. Yeah, actually. Or anything going for a tour because you have (laughs) no idea what you're going to be playing the next night. Yeah, yeah. It's either that or they're one of the bands that are most on point and have everything down to a T where they don't need to worry about it. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I think it's probably the latter, like what you said there. They Mm. are, they just have it down to a T. They know exactly what they're at really, like, you know, and, I, like you know, it's the kind of music I'm into anyway. But like you know, you can kind of, you can feel where the songs are going to go a lot of the time. Mm. And you know, they've been playing a lot of those songs for many, many, many years. So oh, yeah. <laughs> like you know, they they'll know where it's going to go. They they can kind of feel where the next bit is going to go if the, if something's happening. They don't really need to do too much prep. I'd say. Yeah. Obviously, there's some involved, like, but not not to the crazy amount where like people are on hiatus is for a couple of years and they come back and they're going to do a very specific tour type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Something I've always wondered, actually, maybe you might be able to answer is, uh, is the banter the same at each gig? Like, you know, when a, a band walks out and it's like, hello, mm. Dublin, we love being in Ireland. You're the best audience. Do they say that in yeah. every city? <laughs> they don't know. They don't. Um, and it's, it's kind of hard to follow it at times as well, because, uh, Eddie normally tries to do introductions and like just talking to the crowd in the language in the country he's in. Oh, really? 
Yeah, he does that a lot, like, as well. So, like, say when we were in Czech Republic or we were in Germany or wherever, like, he does bits in English as well, of course, but, like, mm. he does a, he, he tries to do a lot in their language too, or bits and pieces in their language, and, like, you're just standing there, like, you don't have a clue what's going on, so you just have to wait for the crowd to react to see what, <laughs> yeah. see what was the general feel of whatever was spoken a minute ago. Jesus. That speaks lots to his character though you know you can't imagine every rock star learns bits of different languages to be able to speak to the audience in their their native tongue you know yeah yeah it does yeah there's funny like one of their dvds the imagine cornus one where they're touring italy they made a full dvd of it as well but like you know it shows them before the show um like backstage in the green room or whatever yeah uh, and he's sitting there and he has an interpreter come in and she's helping him figure out how to say these things in Italian. And he's like kind of spelling them out phonetically then as well, so he can say them properly and on his sheet yeah. and doing all that. But yeah, Jesus, must be a... Like, you know, you you don't want to get somebody else's language wrong either. Yeah. Because, like, yeah. you know, you can say something slightly differently and it can mean something completely different. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not Not ideal, especially when you're at when you have that many cameras on you, you don't want to fuck up saying yeah. something. <laughs> you they don't want to piss be... off 10 or 20,000 people at the one time either, you know? Exactly, yeah. They could turn bad very, very quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, where was the where was the first gig, so? Yeah, the first show, so, um, I have it here. The first show, there were supposed to be two in a row in London. So I flew over by myself for the first show. Mm. Um, it was on Monday, the 18th of June. That was grand. My sister was going to follow me over the second day. Then she was going to come over for the second show, which is grand. Happy days. They came on, started playing. It was a bit, um, the show was fucking unreal. As the show went on, Eddie seemed a little bit funny. He was kind of stumbling <laughs> right. around a bit like, you know. Right. Um. He's fond of his bottles of wine when he's playing shows anyway, like, but his voice was a little bit hoarse as well. He's like, what the fuck is happening here? And next yeah. thing he came out, like, they had to stop for a second, like, the band went and do a big fucking solo. I think Mike McCree did, like, a fucking seven or eight minute solo or something. Um, oh. Eddie disappeared off the stage, came back, and he's like, yeah, uh, my voice is fucked. Um, I'm drinking this, like, cough medicine shit. <laughs> so, like, he was swigging out of that and a bottle of wine at the same time. <laughs> Lovely. Good mixture. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and you know the stage there as well I assume he's a it's not a bottle of Calpol he's drinking at that stage you know they mm. they have proper stuff uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, as it went on like he, he held his own you know it was a uh, he was getting the crowd to sing a bit and doing a bit more but the show was still fucking brilliant they played like they played some great tunes they played Severed Hand, which was brilliant. Uh, they played mm. Deep, which was fucking great as well. Oh, my God, it was brilliant. But, like, Eddie's voice just kind of kept getting worse and worse towards the end. Yeah. And I remember at one stage, he he went to jump over a monitor or something like that and caught his foot on it and fucking creamed himself. <laughs> he absolutely creamed himself on the stage. Uh, so that, was, <laughs> that show was grand anyway. Happy days. Got onto the the tube, went back to. I always stay in Stratford when I'm in London. Uh, got back mm. there, back to the hotel. Grand sister ran me next morning. She's like, "Yeah, I, I just about to get on the flight." Grand, as she was in midair, um, announcement came out. It was like, uh, "Tomorrow's show will not be going ahead." 
It's the first time they oh. ever cancelled the show because of Eddie's voice. It's the first time ever they've done it in their 30 years. Jesus. Um, yeah, and she flew over to England, so then we had nothing to do for the day. Uh, no show to go to, grand, so we just went over. Like, in Stratford, it's kind of back to the kind of hipstery kind of type thing, you know, they have, like, rooftop bars where you can play ping pong and do all this kind of fucking shit. <laughs> so it was grand. Just hung out in those kind of places for the day. But then, like, they announced that, the, like, the show wasn't cancelled, the second show. Right. Um, it was just, like, postponed till the end of the tour. Oh. So it was grand, yeah. It's just, like, they are just trying to find the date of what what was, what would work out. Um, so mm. that was grand. At least, uh, at least the sister didn't fly over. Well, she did fly over for nothing, but at least you got to go back and see them again towards the end, which we'll get to in a few minutes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, um, was there any point then when you were thinking... It's not off to a great start here. This is the first gig on a long list of them, and he's after cancelling for his voice. I really yeah. picked the right tour to to follow, you know. Mm. Oh, definitely, man. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, so where to refer back to my book? There, that was the eighteenth of June. Nineteenth was the one that was cancelled, right? So mm. the twenty twenty fourth was the next show. That was in uh, Padova in Italy. Right. And we're like, you know, I, w- I was actually, I flew back to Ireland after England to fly out to Italy with one of my mates. And we're like, grand happy days. He's like waiting around. He's like, oh, his voice is fucked. There hasn't been uh, any announcements in the last couple of days. You know, we're flying oh, out to shit. Italy. <laughs> um, and like our flight was a day or two beforehand, before the show was mm. supposed to go ahead. It's like, you know, we're going to fly out anyway. It's like, I hope the fuck they don't cancel it over on the way out there. Yeah. Oh, um, so we got to the airport, happy days, had a few beers, whatever. Um, bunch of Pearl Jam fans in the airport as well, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> Chatting away to them, having a few beers, which is nice. Then we got on the plane, and man, it was the worst plane experience I've ever had in my life. <laughs> really? They, they got us all on the plane, sat us down, and then they're like, oh yeah, we missed our takeoff. We're going to have to wait an hour and a half until we can take off. But we can't let you leave oh, the plane now. Fuck. We can't let you use the bathrooms. We can't serve you food. We can't serve you drinks. We can't do anything. Until oh. we actually take off. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and you're a smoker nightmare. as well, so it was even worse. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Oh, <laughs> you man. know, like when you're in the airport, up in that, that upstairs bar in Dublin Airport, you have that one quick smoke before you go down. Yeah. To tide you through the next two or three hours, whatever it is. Yeah. Then there's like yeah, an hour and a half before we can even take off. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, like oh, the way man, like some... Oh, man, gone mad. Like, you know, there's some hotels and so far as well, like, they're kind of specific about their check-in times. It's yeah. Like, oh, shit. Um, some of them, like, you know, they kind of cancel your thing if you don't arrive on time or you don't do whatever. Yeah. So we got over to Italy late enough. Luckily enough, they didn't anyway, which was nice. But we got to, um, it was in Padova is where the show was. So that was on the 24th. I think we flew out on the day beforehand. Got to Padova. And what a beautiful city. Oh, my God. Really, Padova? Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's like, is it an hour west of Venice, something like that? Unbelievable city! I cannot wait to go back there again. It's such a nice place. Just it's it's a really arty place. Sculptures everywhere, glorious architecture. Just a yeah. beautiful city to be, and it's just really, really chilled. It's like you know, classic Italian thing. Nice little pizzerias everywhere. Like a <laughs> 
a liter of wine in a restaurant is seven euro. <laughs> so, <laughs> you can't go around there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'd imagine it's not that touristy then as well, because it's uh, a bit like an hour away from Venice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I think that's kind of what makes it nice. You know, it's kind of it's more authentic Italy than than going to a big tourist destination where it's just going to be taken yeah. over by every English speaking brand you can possibly think of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was fucking brilliant. Put all that. Yeah, it's lovely. But like, we got the when we were there anyway. Like, we're down to like the pizzeria. Had some wine. Happy days. Walked out. You can walk out to the venue as well. It's not that far away. You know, it's about yeah half an hour walk. So it's like not in a bad. different country. You might as well walk out. There's no point in not seeing the local attractions um, mm. out to the show. But then that's the thing. When we got there as well, I realized like over in in Europe they had the barriers at the front. Yeah. You know, like remember here, like they used to have like pits and all that kind of shit where you go in early, you get into the pit, or you do whatever. Yeah. But like that's like a legal requirement in Europe apparently that they have to have that back so people can't push forward and crush people at the front. Oh. So we got there at the same time we were there actually that day was the first day i noticed it i think was it was it the world cup or the european championships are on you were 20 it was the world cup yeah 2018 world cup so that was on like so when we got there like uh i can't remember was it the support band played and then there was like a break of like an hour and a half or something before projan came on so <laughs> right. there world cup matches showing on the screen <laughs> sitting in the stadium like before project come on just watching world cup matches Fucking brilliant. Jesus. <laughs> it was deadly. <laughs> it was really good. In Padova, yeah, that was after Padova. How was his voice actually at that gig? His voice was back bang on, yeah. It was fucking perfect. Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> it actually had a note here as well from the diary thing. Like yeah, they came out to this it doesn't say if they started with it or what it was, but they played like songs like Last Exit, God's Dice, a couple of them, you know, they're like pretty aggressive tunes. Yeah. Voice held up perfectly the whole way through. Like, yeah, not a bother. It, it worked out really well. <laughs> so whatever it was, that, that magic potion that they gave him in London seemed yeah. to work. <laughs> we need to get our hands on that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, like after after Padova, then what way did we go? We went, we traveled by train mm. from Padova, which is like North Italy, down to Rome. Um, and like there was two options: like you could pay like a fifty euro ticket to go like in a four hour train down, or you could pay like twelve euro to go on like an eight hour train. Right. Like, we didn't really sleep much last night, you know. Like, <laughs> After the show, you're walking back and you can stop off in bars the whole way down, which is great about the European <laughs> <Yeah>. continent, <laughs> apart from Ireland. Uh, drinking the whole way back, which was nice. Yeah, didn't sleep, so slept on the train, just got the nice cheap train, slept the whole way down, got yeah. to Rome, deadly. Rome was kind of an anticlimax, I think, for me. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, it's just such a fucking hustle and bustle, dirty city. Oh, Didn't really like it compared to you know like go, coming from Padova like a really laid back place where everyone is just fucking yeah. nice and chill sipping on a beer or whatever you know and then mm. everyone is just like figuring out how they can catch you out and that kind of thing you know in Rome they're just ah uh, yeah it's watching back to the it. whole touristy thing and very metropolitan yeah. I'd say exactly yeah 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 exactly back to that but when we got there like we came out of the train station 
It's like, right, taxi to the... We had an apartment there, like, with a like little veranda type thing. Mm. And we were, like, one kilometer from the Vatican. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, uh, tomorrow we, we must have to go down to the Vatican and check it out and see what it's like, you know? Yeah. Went yeah. in, happy days. Um, Somebody, when we were in there that day, somebody did, like, a little protest type thing, mm. which was kind of nice. It was funny. <laughs> 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 they, were, they were laying condoms all over the place. Outside <laughs> in the middle of the square in the Vatican. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> yeah, it was like yes, my hero. Whoever did that it was so funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I have um my diary thing here as well. Then about that as well. Yeah, I have I have uh, some little sketches as well of like a tattoo I got after I came back. It was the first ever sketch of that. Oh, along with some notes about the show um <laughs> some of them go into way too much detail and they'll take way too long to read out <laughs> if, if we have a if we have a lot there's, there's a lot more shows to get through as well <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh what came up after rome then so rome was there oh yeah after rome we went down to um what's the fucking mob city napoli right yeah How was down there going? it was Oh man, what a horrible, horrible, horrible place! Oh my god! <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, I, I've never been as scared in my life as I was when I was in Napoli. You serious? Yeah. Like, it was grand during the day. It was okay. Happy days. Went out and did like the, uh, Mount Vesuvius and that kind of thing. It was okay. Hmm. That was nice. It was a bit of a fucking trek, though. In fairness, it's it's quite <laughs> uphill. Uh, I could imagine. <laughs> yeah. We got back. Um, so the friend I went to Italy with, Stephen, he was going back to Ireland. And mm. I was meeting another one of my mates over in uh, Prague. I was meeting my mate Danny over in Prague. It's like, right, I had to get a flight at like fucking six o'clock in the morning or something like that. Oh. But uh, like all their public services and all that kind of stuff shut down completely. So I, I, walked, oh. I didn't know that. So I walked up to the train station um, as I left the apartment, you know, it was like four or five o'clock in the morning or something like that. Mm. <laughs> Which in Napoli is like, it seemed a bit dodge. And I was like, hmm. So I seen this like kind of long blonde hair walking in front of me. It's like, mm. okay, if she's walking this way, it must be pretty safe. So right. I just go that way up to the train station, grand. Ended up catching up, walked past. Uh, it wasn't a girl. And it was a uh, person of the night, shall we say. Oh, right. <laughs> so I completely picked the wrong person to follow if I was going yeah. through a safe area. <laughs> <laughs> and oh. I got around the corner and there's like six guys walking towards me. Oh, no. Fucking mountain, yeah, mountain shit in Italian. And like one of them like kind of broke off from the group and started walking towards me. Oh, I was man. like. I don't speak Italian. I don't speak Italian. Pulling my suitcase behind me, just like trying to get out to the most visible street I could possibly get to <laughs> really mm. quickly. And um, I would have shit all over myself. Yeah, it was a scary experience and I definitely don't plan on doing it again. Mm. Definitely not. I got up, I got away from them, luckily enough. I got up to the train station. Yeah, then that's when I found out that all their public services close in the mm. nighttime. And this guy that only spoke Italian uh, 
driving a taxi. He was fucking shit faced. <laughs> Smoking fags, not a bother on the car. He's like, Yeah, I'll drop you out. Like he didn't say that, he said it in some kind of fucking Italian thing. I used like Google Translate yeah. to tell him where I was going. And then like I was sitting in the back of the car with like Google Maps on the whole way, it's like making sure he was actually bringing me to the airport and not have to some fucking slaughterhouse. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it was weird. Like the scene or the hostel. <laughs> exactly. Oh. Yeah. And I only watched it before we left as well. My friend Danny told me to watch oh, it before man. we left. To prepare. He's like taking the piss and he's like, okay, of course Sounds I'll watch like it. like a good friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeez, that'd be one of my worst fears though about traveling on my own around Europe. You know, I've seen way too many horror films. Yeah. Oh, it, I'm the same. I'm a fan of the horror movies as well. Um, and yeah, it's, I think it's just something you think that's never going to happen to you. Hmm. But then once you get into a weird situation like that, it's like, oh shit, this could possibly happen. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, scary. <laughs> yeah, it makes, it makes you rethink things a little bit. <laughs> yeah, so um, after there, I, uh, after Italy, yeah, so I flew to Prague, met me met Danny in Prague. We had a day or two off, I think, before the next show, which was nice. Did this tour called The Drunken Monkey in Prague. Right. I don't know if you've ever, ever heard of that thing, but there's like there's, there's this bar. It's it's close enough to the main square. It's it's not on it by any means, but it's it's not too far off of it. But they have this bar called the Drunken Monkey. Um, so you go in there, you pay them like twenty bucks or whatever it is for a tour. Um, hmm. you go into their bar. They have like an underground, like dingy bar. Right. You get you get free drinks for two hours. Before they yeah anything you want like free drinks for two hours. Pound away as much as you want. <laughs> then they bring you out on a tour of the city, going to different bars, and you get a free shot every bar you walk into. Nice. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's mayhem, <laughs> absolute mayhem. Yeah, that was a that was an interesting night for about an hour, and then the rest <laughs> right. the rest of it is about the rest of it's a bit of a blur. <laughs> I could imagine. <laughs> yeah. So you don't remember much of the city then. Uh, I. I do actually, but not not that night. Um, we kind of we got we got a couple of days there, which was nice. Uh, we got to got to actually chill out and take it easy for a couple of days there. We had the mm. same kind of thing, like an apartment with a balcony. Yeah, close close enough to the main line, so it was it was pretty good. There was like a nice little uh, <clears throat> nice little rock bar beside us mm. that did like a oh what's the name of that fucking thing that people that they do in bars? You know, like a takeaway, like one liter bottle. What's the name of that thing? They have a big name in it in America anyway. I can't remember what it's called, but like you know, you go in, have a few have a few pints when you're going home, then it's like, oh, can I get a takeaway of that? Uh growler. That's the one, isn't it? Takeaway growler. Yeah. 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 So they Sounds give you familiar, like a right? liter of that. Yeah. Oh. That was that was pretty cool. But like getting to the concert in Prague. It was fucking it was nuts as well. Right. It was it was almost as fucking crazy as the fucking Drunken Monkey Tour. <laughs> it was the only place I've seen. Um, yeah, we were sitting for that one, got down to it. They only let us in, f- was a five or ten minutes before the show started. So you get into this big fucking stadium, trying to find your way around to get to your seat, get to it. And then the whole place was just mobbed. There was people, like, you know when you go to concerts in Ireland, you're sitting down. There's mm. stewards there making sure nobody's standing in the aisles on the steps or hanging over balconies. Yeah. 
that's not a thing over there. <laughs> right. It was crazy. It's Sounds safe. The most, yeah, exactly. It's the most <laughs> dangerous concert experience I've ever seen. Like, not for us, like we were sitting down grand, but like the people that were like, there was people like literally hanging over balconies trying to see better. And if somebody bumped off the back of them, they were fucking gone. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Jesus Christ, that sounds like madness. Uh, yeah, I, like I don't know if it's the norm over there, or whatever. It's the only <laughs> thing I've been to there, like. But yeah, it doesn't seem like health and safety is the thing with them. <laughs> Clearly not. Hmm. If we have any listeners from over there, send us a message and uh, let me know what other concerts are like. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not in any way giving out about Czech Republic in general. It was just that one concert experience. <laughs> Um, so after after Czech Republic, we went to Krakow, Poland. Oh, right. Yeah, we got that was another train. Um, splashed out for that one. We got first class on the train. Right. Which Not was bad. like fucking yeah, it was only like fifteen bucks extra each or something like that. First hmm. class, happy days. We ended up sitting straight across from two Mexican guys <laughs> that were following program in Europe as well. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, just randomly they like, got sit, sitting beside them, so we were chatting away to them, like it was and on the way on the train, uh I mentioned that the World Cup was on. In Mexico were playing in the World Cup. <laughs> I had a bit I had a bit of a sleep, woke up, um one of the lads was crying across from me, one of the Mexican guys. I was like to my friend Danny, he's like, What the fuck is happening here? What's going on? He's like, Oh, Mexico just lost the match. And they were like, they, they were so distraught, like they were sitting on the train crying and I felt so sorry for them, like <laughs> not being at home, uh, being in this fucking weird European country compared to what they would used to be in South America, you know, and then, yeah, yeah they get bet in the World Cup. Oh, <laughs> must have put a, a yeah. damper on their whole experience. It did for that day anyway, yeah. Mm. Um, halfway through the train ride with them, uh, then we had to switch the train track didn't go the whole way to where we were going. Right. So they switched us over to a bus. So we still got buses over there. Apparently have a first class and second class seating. Oh, which, yeah, which was kind of weird. So we got into our first class seating. Uh, I know it sounds so fucking posh, but like it severely wasn't, <laughs> you know, it was <laughs> probably 35 quid instead of 20 quid to mm. get this. Um, but they had like, they had coffee, uh, orange juice and like croissants and stuff on the bus <laughs> in the middle of the night. Oh, um, and at one stage, somebody at the back walked up and went to get a coffee and this guy stopped him and was like, sorry, that's where the first class passengers are. <laughs> <laughs> what are you on the Titanic of buses? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, it was so horrible. Just seeing that fucking class distinction. And the way some other human just said no was like, just let him have it. Like, who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody else is asleep. Like, it's fucking four or five o'clock in the morning. Nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, it'll make you realize, though, the things that go on in other countries that you wouldn't even have an idea of. Yeah. Oh, it's madness. Um, And like when we got to Poland as well. Um, the concert that night, there was a big thing going on in Poland at the time. Remember, there was somebody trying to get into power or somebody had just got into power over there. Yeah. But they had, 
they had like mad views on gay marriage and things like this. Yeah, I remember that, all right. Yeah, they were trying to like revert laws back to not allow it and do all this fucking crazy, stupid shit. Mm. Um, and that was like when we were at the concert that night, that was like one of the big speeches that he gave that night, you know, uh, condemning yeah. the whole fucking, condemning the whole political system over there about how they're allowing this to happen and all that kind of stuff. Mm. That one was spoken in English, not Polish, because it was a... A long one, I'd say. It, yeah, it was, a, it was a long one, yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, I don't know how that kind of shit is still allowed. Like, how are they, how is, how are people like that getting voted back in over there, you know? Yeah, exactly. I don't understand so- it. You'd, you'd wonder, all right, especially in this day and age, you know, you'd imagine every country has kind of progressed enough that that's a, a thing of, like, the past, you know? Yeah, exactly, yeah. I just don't know how how there's enough people to vote somebody like that into <laughs> a yeah. position of power. Yeah. Unless, unless those politicians have some kind of fucking devious game behind them, which a lot of politicians do, that... Mm-hmm. Uh, that they're able to hide that for long enough until they get voted in and then they can try this shit. Yeah, that's probably a bit closer to the truth, all right? Especially in Poland, I yeah. think there was a lot of uh, stuff a couple of years ago with their government was highly corrupt. I could be wrong, mm. sorry to any Polish listeners, but I think I used to work with a Polish guy and he was telling me a bit of history about their, their government and the amount of corruption that went on inside it. Yeah, oh, I'm just saying, like, I was... Uh, one of the last um last uh, cover bands I was in as well. Um one of the guys the guy who was singing with us was a guy from Poland. He was telling mm. me similar things as well, what you were mentioned there as well, like about a lot of corruption over there. It's a uh, Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a bad enough thing, you know. It, <laughs> hopefully hopefully it'll get stopped and people can go back to living to just normal lives and not have to yeah. worry about that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. They'll uh, catch up to the twenty first century. Jesus, that got political very quickly, didn't it? Fucking it did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like uh, I have Bob Geldof or something on the on the show talking about world peace. <laughs> world peace, man. <laughs> we'll be talking about live aid next. Live aid. <laughs> Does the, oh, oh, sorry to ch- quickly change there again. Uh, somebody told me the other day as well. I only found this fucking out. I never knew that uh, Spinal Tap did extra movies. What? And they did, yeah, they did a piss take one on Live Aid called Hearing Aid. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez, I didn't know that either. (laughs) Yeah, I can't wait to watch it. I can't believe I've gone this long without seeing it. Jesus, I thought it was only the one did it. That's like, fuck, they released another album in 20, uh, 2009. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea about this kind of thing. Jesus, that's one I'll have to, I'll have to look up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we went to go off and see, uh, except me and my Danny went to go off and see, like, you know, when you're over there, you kind of go to concentration camps. Mm. Uh, Schindler's factories around there as well. Yeah. So we were there, I think it was on, I think our, like, our day off or whatever it was, was on the Tuesday before the show. I think it was a Wednesday or whatever. Um, grand happy days from now. Went to book tours everywhere. Had our breakfast. Went to book our tours. It's like, oh no. Uh, all this stuff closes on Tuesday here. It's their day off. It's like, are you serious? For fuck's sake. Like, all right. So all we could do was walk around the square. Um, then we found out where Schindler's factory was. 
walked into Schindler's mm. factory, grand, walked in around, there was nobody outside, which kind of seemed a bit weird, you know, there was nobody like greeting people as well. So we found out afterwards that obviously they closed on a Tuesday too, but we actually got into the building without getting recognized. <laughs> and like some guards came down, like screaming Polish at us. Uh, oh, I assumed fuck. they were saying like get out what the fuck are you doing here <laughs> but we had no idea yeah. and we were just like uh, just like speaking <laughs> bad like English like uh, we're looking for the tourist or not tourist information that was the fucking like the reception we're like we're looking for the reception yeah. place so we can get our tickets or they were trying trying to say that kind of thing um, mm. and the guys that found us they, they didn't speak English at all so they just kind of kept shouting at us in Polish and we walked out <laughs> <laughs> that was the end of that <laughs> It's another one, though, I feel like I keep repeating myself, but it's one of them things that's typical. You know, you're there on the one day, everything closes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's I, I feel the same way. You know, it's just it's bound to happen to you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you just yeah. go there and it's just not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> you could just blame uh, Eddie and Pearl Jam for the days they decided to, to play. Yeah, exactly. Fuck it, actually. It's yeah. their fault. Yeah. <laughs> How dare they? <laughs> would they not have done it on a day where they know I could have went to the Schindler factory <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> what else are you going to do in Poland <laughs> <laughs> they should definitely take my schedule into account for their shows <laughs> <laughs> alright so we're getting close enough towards the end of it then the next one after that was Berlin right Berlin was have you ever been to Berlin yourself I haven't it's yeah, it's a beautiful city. Oh god, yeah, what a place to go to. It's just such an arty city. Everyone is super friendly. Really? It's just a yeah, it's such a glorious place to be. It's really, really nice. Uh, I I uh, yeah. Any of the places we were in, in Berlin were that way anyway, you know. They were yeah. it was just super nice. Everybody was really friendly, everybody was really nice. Plenty of beer going around, everyone great. Like where we stayed. I can't remember the name of the place. Uh, we were close enough, close enough to where the show was. You know, like we were the same kind of thing as I said in Padova, like half an hour-ish walk kind of type thing. Yeah. Um, but we were there for that was our longest stay. I think that was like four or five days in one country. Jesus. Um, and we had a great time there, walking around, doing everything. We went to see all the tourist sites, mm. and then we went off. We went, oh, this was actually after the show. So when we went to the show, we walked out, like, you know, and the way, it's like the continental thing as well, you know, where you're walking out, you stop off, you can have like a little tapas type thing and a couple of beers, whatever, walk on another mm. 15 minutes, stop and have a beer again. Yeah. Cut out to the show. But it was like this big, massive natural amphitheater that was built in mm. like, was it World War when were the Nazis World War II, World War II wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was around then, and I think it was it right that the Olympics were in Germany sometime yeah. around then as well. Yeah, thirty-six. So I want to say. Yeah, the stage that they were on. This might be wrong now. Um, it'll probably have to be fact-checked. But the <laughs> stage that they were on was uh, the stage where Hitler wouldn't shake Jesse Owens' hand. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. That, that place, yeah. 
It's just this big fucking huge natural amphitheater with a big stage built on the bottom, like like a big fucking industrial looking fucking building, you know, classic yeah. old German industrial looking thing. It's just plain concrete, boom, done. Yeah. That's a, but like, it, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was weird. Like that was brought up throughout the concert as well. You know, Eddie kind of mentioned it for a little while. I was just going to ask, did he, did he bring it up? He did. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of, he noticed it. All right. Or how he did, made notice of it. How did that go down with the crowd? It went down really well, you know, because he was, he was obviously anti-Nazi. <laughs> well, <laughs> so, you'd hope so anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it went down pretty well. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it went down. It went down the street. It's a weird one though, because I've heard that I could be wrong now, but I've heard that in Germany, it's illegal to mention the Nazis, and even in school, they're not really. It's kind of glossed over. World really? War Two, you know, yeah. Yeah, I worked with a, oh, yeah. a German lady before and she was saying that they don't really acknowledge Hitler or, you know, or that section of history. Like they just, they cover yeah. World War II, but they kind of get through it quickly, if you know what I mean. And you can yeah, be uh, yeah. fined and arrested for, you know, for mentioning Nazis over there. Really? Hmm. Jesus, mad. Yeah. But, like, yeah, you know, like it, Obviously, what they did was fucking horrible, but like, you have to learn from history. You have to teach people what has been previously done and show them and educate them about what these evil people have done in the past. Yeah, exactly. Learn from your mistakes. Yeah, exactly. Because otherwise, you're just living in this fucking fairy tale world where everyone is great all the time, you know? It's. It, yeah. I don't know if I agree with that, really, that they're not teaching them that, you know, they, they should be. I know, like, it's. It'll probably be considered like some kind of not not treason. What's the word? Where like where you you're defaming your own country kind of type thing. It'll probably fall under a law like that kind of thing. But yeah, yeah, I'd say it does. But still, you should be educating your youth about the mishaps. Exactly. And I don't think you're in call. You really, you can't really call the Nazis a mishap because that was a fucking calculated <laughs> bad thing. Yeah, yeah. It's probably similar to that thing in England though, where they don't learn about you know irish history well irish yeah. history so to speak you know yeah definitely yeah um one of the girls i was in school with she was a teacher over in england for a while she was teaching history mm. and i talked to her after she came back and she was like oh my god their version of history is scandalous you know they just they, they don't talk about it at all it's like oh like ireland is just like these fucking little people over there that we don't really talk about there there were minions at one stage but we won't say what we did properly <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's mad isn't it though like it's really true what to say the winners write history or what is it what's it saying the winners rewrite history or whatever it is yeah 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 that the the version of it i know is the victors write history yeah it, it was mentioned in community that tv show that's where i know the quote <laughs> from yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but yeah my, you'd imagine that nowadays, like, everybody should be exposed to the history that happened in their own country yeah, but, or the history that their own country has, you know, so that definitely, can, yeah. the future will be better. Exactly. 100%. Like, you know, like, a lot of history is not fact, but it's close enough to it. Mm. You get the general idea from it. Yeah. So as long as you have the general idea from it, you know, I think that's all we can hope for to learn from things is get the general idea nobody ever remembers 
all the details of everything. Exactly, exactly. It's weird. <laughs> I have a funny English English story before we continue on to the next little section there. Um, yeah. I was over, it was actually at a program show as well in Manchester, maybe 2012-ish, maybe, uh, outside the nightclub afterwards before we went back to our hotel or we had an apartment there as well, actually. Um, myself and my friend Danny as well, the same guy I mentioned that was over in Berlin with me. Hmm. We we're outside uh outside nightclub, yeah, and this girl like wants to outside of a cigarette, one comes up and she's like blah, blah, talking away to us for a minute, whatever. Um and she's like, Oh, so what did you do for your queen's birthday the other day? And like right. We just told you we're from Ireland and she's like, Yeah, but what did you do for your queen's birthday? I'm like, England don't rule Ireland. <laughs> and she's like, No, we do. Okay. <laughs> no, you don't. You like, you know, like, we're fairly passive people. <laughs> we're just going to, like, speak to her and it's like, no, fuck off, you don't. Just mm. leave us alone. But if she said that to the wrong person over there, she could be fucking... Yeah. Like, you know, the wrong person could turn on her very, very quickly. <laughs> oh, yeah, it'd get fairly messy fairly quickly. Yeah. It was, so, uh, yeah, that was a surreal experience. Reminds me of a, a friend of mine. He went on a J1 to San Diego. And he said the amount of times Americans asked them how long it takes to drive from Ireland to America, you wouldn't believe it. He said he was serious. Like, yeah, he said he was asked it about 30 <laughs> or 40 times in the three months that he was there. <laughs> um. So the Berlin gig, yeah, there was a mad thing with the Berlin gig, right? So the natural amphitheater at that big fucking swoop down, which is cool. But they have... You know when you get like four beers at a festival or wherever you have, they have to give you those fucking little card things you bring them out in? Yeah. Whatever way they did them over there, you could fold them down and make like a flat, completely flat thing out of it. So it was like a fucking frisbee. And you can like watch it on YouTube. Uh, that <laughs> 2018 Pearl Jam in Berlin, people started fucking them around and they were actually working like proper frisbees, just flying around the whole fucking amphitheater. And like Vedder was like just picking them out of the air as they were going by and throwing them back into the crowd and doing all this magic. Jesus. Deadly. <laughs> and there was one that was cool, but there was one super highlight from this gig. Right. We're watching the stage, obviously. <laughs> um, but I should hope like, so. Yeah. Uh, you know, like the big screens on the side. Mm. Um, camera kind of turned to this guy in the crowd. Like right up the front, you know. Uh, yeah. It's like, fucking recognize that fucker. Who is he? Who is that lad? And I just kind of showed him going around. Next thing, he walked out on the stage of Pearl Jam. Right. It's like fucking Jay Mascus from Dinosaur Junior was there in the crowd. Yeah. So they came <laughs> on and they played Rockin' the Free World. Jay Mascus came on and fucking played the whole song with them and made shit of it. Like he just came on and just made fucking piss that guitar solo and just fucking. Gave it everything. It was fucking unbelievable. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it was so weird. Because, like, like, Eddie had mentioned something earlier on in the show. He was like, you know, oh, we have fucking... I kind of missed the some of the words in the statement, so I wasn't sure mm. who it was. Like, He's like, yeah. he must have said, we have Mr. J. Mascus in the crowd, or Mr. Dinosaur Jr. in the crowd, whatever he said. But yeah. I missed some of the words, so I didn't know who he meant. But then he came up afterwards and just fucking just joined in with them. <laughs> they rocking the free world. Oh. And I was like, what? <laughs> and there's a Rock in the Free World was recorded the month I was born. Fuck. I have the, yeah, I have the Neil Young, like, I've mentioned Neil Young a few times already. I have, like, 
a lot of Neil Young stuff around, but yeah, one of his greatest hits. It showed like the month and year everything was recorded. Mm. Rocking the Free Road was on it, so yeah, it was like October 1989. Fuck. So the month I was born. So that's always <laughs> going to hold a, a special little place in my heart, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where was next stop? So next stop, so is last stop. Right, right. It's the first London gig, the rescheduled one. Ah. Um, no Ireland uh, dates on the tour. No Ireland dates on that tour, no, unfortunately. They kind of seem to play Ireland like every second or third tour mm. of Europe, which I find weird because like two of them were fucking married to Irish women at one stage. Mike still is. <laughs> Maybe that's anymore, why. But, yeah, possibly, yeah. <laughs> Too much heartbreak here. <laughs> Too many enemies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but like with Eddie and Glenn's friendship, you'd imagine they'd be fucking here every time they get a chance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I think I, I heard this before. I don't know how true it is. Um, but like it's too expensive for bands to come to Ireland. You're serious? Yeah, because like if you get to the continent, you know, it's easy to travel around. They oh, can travel yeah. equipment really easily by train, bus, whatever, you know. It's really easy and really cheap for them to do it. But to get to Ireland, you have to fly everything in and it's yeah. way more expensive. So, like, yeah, I don't know how true it is, but it kind of makes sense to me that that's true. But then England is an island as well. But I suppose they'd probably they be able to play tunnel. more. What? They did the Channel Tunnel as well, though. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. To the mainland. Ah, uh, yeah, that makes sense, all right. Hmm. They need to hurry up and build one of them for Ireland. We need more bands coming. <laughs> There's one going from Scotland, apparently, isn't there? To Northern heard, Ireland? Yeah, I've heard something about that, all right. That'd be deadly. It actually would, yeah. Being able to I'd love to be able to drive Scotland. to Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah, be a good crack. Hmm. God only knows when it'll be, though. We'll be probably fucking yeah. old men by the time it's it's open <laughs> and ready. I'd have my Zimmer frame ready for it. <laughs> yeah, so um, the last the last show, the one in London, the rescheduled one, they kind of knew that they had to blow it out of the park after rescheduling the first one. Yeah. And my God, did they fucking deliver. <laughs> really? It was fucking, yeah, all top notch. Just from the offset, fucking track after track, upbeat fucking balls to the wall everything <laughs> it was brilliant just went hell for leather for the whole fucking thing you know and they and they kept playing and kept playing and like they'd normally finish with no they not normally but often they finish with a mm. song like yeah that better but on that tour as well they were finishing with pendulum every now and then yeah um so they finished with that and i mentioned earlier on that they kind of do two encores normally um, so after the last song we thought it was all done um, so that was the last show the London one then again that was myself and the sister went to that one hmm. and we're there and I was like uh, hold on a minute just like I feel like something else is coming I don't think it's done <laughs> you know they're after fucking after going hell for leather for this whole fucking thing I don't think it's done yet I just don't <laughs> think it is just give yeah. it like five minutes you know wait for it and you know like there's thousands of people walking out of the stadium at the stage yeah and next thing you see like Eddie's head poking out from behind <laughs> the side of the stage and then he runs yeah. out and he's like oh do you, do you just want to hear one more I'm like of course we do 
It's like, yes, ten fuck be weird. They came out and played all on the Watchtower then. Oh, fuck. Yeah, Jeez. which is fucking amazing. And like, <laughs> you know, you it's great. You can understand where they're coming from <laughs> that way as well. It's like mm. one of the easiest songs you can possibly ever play. Fucking three chords, away you go. Boom. Yeah. But they rock, they rocked the fuck out of it. It was fucking amazing. Oh, oh. And like, at that stage, you know, all the lights in the whole stadium were turned on. Everything mm. was super bright. Everyone standing around. But like the people who actually stayed for it, you know, it's just a great appreciation. And it was good to see them doing it after. They're that kind of band anyway. They will. They always play stuff for the fans, and they always look after their fans, especially like they're really big that way. They mm. they always just take care of their fans and do whatever they need to hear. Yeah. But because yeah. they had rescheduled from before, it's like yeah, give them that one extra thing that hasn't <laughs> been done. Yeah, you'd really was, yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. Oh, was, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Was there a, a stampede of people trying to get back in? The ones that had left. Uh, for, yeah, from where we were, we were seating for that one as well, actually. Um, from where we could see, yeah, anybody that was even near the way out, once they heard a the guitar, the whole <laughs> place just turned around, came straight back in. <laughs> like, I'd hate to be that person who was, like, trying to be, uh, you know, like, super quick about getting home or getting out to the pub or whatever. Uh, yeah. And they left, like, that half a minute beforehand. Because, you know, like, the way shows are now with, like, the whole digital scan of your tickets and all that. Mm. Like the second you get outside the door, you cannot come back in because yeah, oh, you'd be you could sick. Be, you could be swapping tickets or doing anything, and they won't let you back in, so they yeah. can't get back in. But all of us are still there. <laughs> oh man, that was definitely the best one on the whole the whole tour. So, uh, yeah, I think so. The Berlin one was a close second. That one, I yeah, that one I said was the best because, like I said a minute ago, you know they they knew they had to fucking make up for rescheduling and they've just fucking went for it and it yeah. was brilliant yeah I think yeah that was that was it oh, that was them at their fucking top notch you know even them at their them at their worst is good mm. it's better than a lot of other bands are but yeah. them at their best is just something to behold it's like it's an absolute sight to behold I've uh, I've never had the pleasure of seeing them yet but uh, hopefully one day they're definitely on yeah. the list Next time they come around, we should go. Yeah, definitely. Definitely be some uh, some experience. Yeah, next Ireland day, I'll buy the tickets, we'll go. Cool, cool. I'll, uh, I'll hold you to that one. Do. I'm <laughs> member of the fan club for many, many years, just because you can get the pre-sale tickets. Ah, that's handy. Yeah. You get the old, um, they do like a fucking Christmas release and all that kind of shite and they do a lot of other things throughout the year as well you know you get little nuggets here and there you know to keep you interested yeah. but like it's super it's super cheap I think it's like fucking it's 20 dollars or something like that for a year or so whatever that oh, is in Jesus. euros uh, sure that's yeah. not yeah you know you like you spend that much on fucking Netflix or whatever you know <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and you're uh, you're actually getting something you'd value more with the fan club So now that the concerts are out of the way, we'll we'll get slightly more personal. If you could see any performer, living or dead, in concert, who would it be? Um, living or dead, you know, it's a. Uh, there's a couple I have okay. rattling around in my brain. 
Um, and I'm not sure. I don't think I could. I, I could pick one by it themselves. Right. It'd be Rory Gallagher or Elias Smith. Right. Good choices. Both for separate reasons. Yeah. I think we talked about Rory Gallagher earlier as well. Um, you know, he's a guitar god. He's oh, yeah. an absolute genius. He just he, he's amazing. He is. But, then, then you look at, or, or then you look at Elliot Smith. Um, Elliot Smith is absolutely amazing in a different way. Mm. You know, he, what he can do with a melody and just an acoustic guitar will blow your mind. That's for sure. <laughs> it's, it, oh yeah, Jesus! I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know how to comprehend or how to explain the feelings that man makes you feel. You know? Yeah. He's, yeah, he was definitely a special one. Yeah, he oh one hundred percent he was. Um and yeah, I I think I'd I'd be leaning more towards Elliot for that reason. Mm. You know. Like Rory was unreal and his guitar playing is fucking classical. But yeah, Elliot just makes you feel things that <laughs> nobody else can make you feel. <laughs> yeah, I get you. I get you. Completely agree. Not bad choice as yeah. well. I don't uh it's the first time I've ever heard Elliot mention. I think, uh, really, yeah. Or, yeah, believe it or not, I think yeah. Rory Gallagher has been mentioned once, maybe twice before, but you'd kind of expect that. Yeah, 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 he was, he's, <laughs> especially in Ireland, you know, you, yeah, you have to expect him, but like, yeah, Elliot, I don't know, like, I think like he's so underrated as well, you know, hmm. not not a lot of people know him. Yeah. It's it, it's incredible. It's it's criminal to me, you know, that not not a lot of people know him because he's just fucking oh my god, his songs are so beautiful. Yeah, it make you wonder. All right, and there's a there's actually quite a few, you know, musicians like that that you think should be, you know, heralded as the best ever, or should yeah. at least get more recognition than to do. And not so many people know about him. It's it's crazy. Yeah, that's a it's a mad thing. All right, yeah, it's um, you know, like uh. People like that are known in the musician community, mm. but they're not known in the like the, the general, yeah, the warrior community and the general populace of people, I suppose, which yeah. is kind of weird. Like you know that when that man died, um, or was murdered, depends on how you see it. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, he he should have been worldwide famous. You know, yeah. Um, there's some like he kind of he kind of was, but not really um it's like some interviews of them you see him talking about like you know at the oscars when he was nominated for the oscar uh, and he's like i met celine dion at the oscars it was brilliant and he's (laughs) delighted to meet celine dion like you know and she was she said to him like you know your song is lovely and Hmm. he's really chuffed about you know he's like just a nice lovely kid at the end of the day he wants people to like him and like his music and yeah it's brilliant yeah it's kind of a, sad, a bit sad in that respect, you know, when you look back at him. It is, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it sure is. It is. It, it's a... <laughs> um, I didn't mean to laugh there, but, like, yeah, it is a, It is kind of a, a, a sad life, you know? You can't... Well, you can't really say it's a sad life either, you know? It's, mm. But it's a... He, he was definitely, like, a melancholic kind of guy who... <laughs> Who, who was very fond of love and I don't know if he ever really found it. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
especially with that Jennifer Chiba one. Yeah. Not ideal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, it when, tends to tends to go like that, all right. Yeah. When you know, when she stabs in the heart. Mm. <laughs> then they get rose to the suicide. It's not good. Yeah, yeah, Jesus. <laughs> it's crazy. So um the next question, I uh I've a feeling I might know who who you pick, but I could still get a surprise. If you could be locked in a room for 24 hours with any performer from history. Yeah. Let's say you have to quarantine with them for 24 <laughs> hours. Who would it be? Quarantine, yeah. Um that'd be Rory Gallagher and Elliot Smith, yeah. Really? Either or them, Jeez, I think. I was actually expecting Eddie Vedder now, to be honest. No, yeah. I know, like, I, I love Program, to be honest, you know, obviously. But I, I I, wouldn't waste, I don't think I'd waste something like that on a person that's still alive. I go to a lot of their shows, um, I, I hang around outside their shows afterwards, you know. I could end up meeting them someday. So, I'd, yeah. That, that, that could happen at some stage. So, I don't think I'd leave that one to a fantasy yet that's a very good way to look at it actually yeah so when you look at it that way it will be Rory Gallagher or Elliot Smith one of the two again you know yeah yeah and the reason like not the reason but like one one of the good things about the two of them um they both love their beer <laughs> so uh, if you're locked in a room with, t- with either of them for a day it's going to be great yeah you <laughs> know you're going to be having beer. a good time yeah yeah Rory just loves his beer he's a guitar guitar a guitar god so yeah it's going to be brilliant and then Elliot is just a gentle lovely person hmm. who loves his fucking inebriants as well so you can just sit there and get fucked up with him he's going to be brilliant <laughs> Either or. Sounds like a good a good twenty four hours. Yeah. Imagine the the stuff you could learn from the two of them though. Yeah, I did like you know, Rory guitar playing wise, I don't know how much you could learn from him, really, mm. in twenty four hours. He's just too fucking brilliant. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be too much to take in. Uh, I think I prefer to sit down with Elliot where he could like you could teach you about harmonies. Mm. And songwriting skills, that kind of thing, you know. I think you get more out of him in 24 hours than you would of Rory. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's very true, actually. And uh, imagine getting to... Imagine if you had that experience now and you actually got to, like, write a song with one of them or, you know, <laughs> write a riff with Rory Gallagher. Jesus. That would be unreal. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> but then, yeah, come back to that then again. Yeah, if you got to write... If you get the right riff, Rory, Rory, that'd be unbelievable. But mm. that, that's like Rory's music is like guitar music. Yeah. If you got the right riff, it'd be great. But then if you go to Elliot's side, it's all about the whole song and the lovely feeling of everything, you know? Yeah. I'm not sure. Where, it's it's really hard to pick which one. It depends on which mood you're in at the time, which one you'd go for. Yeah. yeah the, way I'd, the way I'd look at it now, Rory, it'd be more for being a fan it'd be the fans choice where Elliot would be more the musicians choice. It'd be more beneficial, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that's, that's, that's pretty bang on actually. Yeah. That's mm. true. Yeah. Now the, uh, the 
the final question. So if you could have a song that would appear on the soundtrack to your life, what would it be? Yeah. I had to think about this one. <laughs> and it didn't really it didn't really go too well. <laughs> <Right>. um, <laughs> there is one song, there's one song that I always go back to through my whole life, um, ever since I was a teenager. Hmm. Pearl Jam Yellow Bear. Right, right. Um, you know, they they finish our shows with it. I mentioned that earlier on as well. Yeah. They finish our shows with it a lot. It's a brilliant tune. <laughs> there's uh you know, it's it's just so fucking lazy and laid back. That nice lazy laid back groove. <laughs> yeah. Um, glorious guitar playing. Fender Stratocaster, my favorite guitar as well ever. You know, playing on it. Mm. Um, goes into the solo section in the middle, and Eddie's like, "Make me cry," and then Mike just makes. <laughs> he just pulls every emotion you can possibly think of out of you. It's beautiful. Um. I think that would be the one, that that's the only one I could settle on properly, you know. And it is my favorite song of all time, so I think that's the one. No, oh, it has to be that one. So, yeah, I was kind of expecting it now from the start. I was expecting it to be a, a Pearl Jam song. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it it kind of had to be after <laughs> after all that stuff after <laughs> after talking about the whole fucking tour, following them around Europe and. Everything. Yeah. If it wasn't programmed, it would have been kind of a letdown. <laughs> a bit of an anticlimax. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. How's your anti-climax? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wasn't expecting that now. I was like, my auntie? How do you know my auntie? <laughs> 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 oh, man. We, uh, we actually have a special treat for the listeners now to close out the show the first time ever we're going to have a a musician performing a song live on the podcast so it's something i'm very excited for now and thanks a million for doing it happy days yeah nice one thanks very much for having me on um and it's been great uh been great chatting to you for the last couple of hours roll the dice check it out online everybody please and the next song I'm going to play, um, I think it's the first live acoustic thing you've ever had in the show, if I'm right. It is, it it's, is. Uh, a song called Imitation Road, and here it is. Take a 
A distant place I know Close your eyes, push your foot to the floor The sun is drawing closer now It's time to let this go We're getting lost on imitation Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, why not rate and review us on iTunes and follow us on your favourite podcast player of choice. You can find us on all social medias at Concerts That Made Us Podcast and of course you can find us at our website at www.concertsthatmadeus.com And while you're at it, go show the guys from Star Comedy Democrats some love. You'll find their links in the show notes below. Now next week is the season finale. So make sure you join me where I'm going to be chatting with Alan Rubin from Nine Inch Nails, Angels and Airwaves, Paramore, The New Regime. I could go on and on, but I'll be here all day. We're going to be chatting about Alan's career and his favourite gigs. So until then, keep rocking. Hey, hey, what are you guys still doing here? The show's over. It's over. You can go home. Go on. We'll see you next time. We'll be here.